0: You're listening to audio from Grace Community Church in Anger, North Carolina. More information about Grace Community Church can be found at graceccnc.org. Hey, good morning. My name is Ricky, and it's my privilege to be able to uh, be here this morning and open God's Word Uh, Along with you. So I'm on staff here at Grace. I serve as the pastor for discipleship and care. So I'm not normally the guy up here on Sunday morning. Pastor Brad is away this weekend with his wife Allison. They are at TVR Christian Camp in Plumtree, North Carolina and He's probably wrapping up his fourth session of the weekend. He's teaching at the marriage retreat up at Tvr, and while he's teaching four sessions, I know that Allison, uh, for sure, has had a ministry as well up there this weekend. As I, I'm guessing they've had thirty plus uh, couples there this this weekend. They've been able to, to minister to. So uh, right now, as Pastor Brad's comes to your mind, is in your heart, just lift up a prayer to him in your heart as he's uh, wrapping up his last session, I'm sure, getting ready to say goodbye to, to so many families. So anyway, with Pastor Brad being gone this weekend, uh, we're going to continue our brief break in the Gospel of John. So we are going through a study through the Gospel of John, but I imagine that will be resumed next weekend. I'm confident that Pastor Brad's wanting to jump back into our study through the Gospel of John when he's back next weekend. But this morning, we're going to still hear from John, but we're going to be in a different John. We're going to be in the letters of John, which is found more towards the end of your Bible. And we're going to be looking specifically at 1 John chapter 2. Looking at verses 3 through 11. And the letters of John were written to a group of Christians to let them know they can be sure of their faith. Now the people who received the letters of John, people he was writing to, they would have already received the gospel of John. So they're familiar with the teaching of John. They definitely absolutely know Jesus. And they have some questions. You see, they're starting to wonder about the message they originally heard. The message they were originally taught, they're starting to have some questions about this. And they're wondering if this whole Christian religion thing, like, is it, well, is it real? Did they, did, they, did they get something wrong? Have they missed something? And maybe some of you have those questions this morning. You're wondering, have I missed something here? I want you to know that the Lord had you in mind. I believe whenever John penned these letters originally to the, to its recipients, because he wanted them to know, and I think the Lord wants you to know through this text this morning that you can know if you know God, you can know if you're a Christian. And John wants the people he was originally writing to; he wants them to be sure that they are Christians or not. And if you're wondering the same thing these, this morning, um, maybe you grew up in church you you knew that you knew the answers. You've been taught what to believe, but now you're just not so sure anymore. The Lord has you in mind this morning. As John, he was writing to a people who had been challenged by people they loved and trusted. See, people who were in the church, and they, 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 they listened to them, they cared for them, they had a lot of collateral, but then there was some different teaching. And some things started changing about them, and it made them question all that they had been taught and everything that they had believed. See, the people causing the, the trouble, the stir in the church that John's addressing, they were, they were smart. They were smart. They were, they were people who had willingly separated themselves from the church, and they were very convincing in their teaching of a gospel that was different than the gospel John had already given them. So there's questions. And the people are left wondering, well, I respect these people, I care for these people. But they've left, and yet we know the gospel we have received, but now they're saying something different. What's going on? Am, am, am I wrong? Am, am I really a Christian? Or are, are they wrong? Are, are they really Christians? How, how can we know? What are, what are we to do here? They knew that they believed what the apostles taught was true. But now people had left the church, and they were thinking they were preaching something different. This caused many people to start having doubts. They were asking, do we know the true God after all? And maybe some of you have come in here this morning, and you're asking the same question. You're saying, do I know the true God after all? There's so much other teaching that's going on. There's so much we've heard. Even those I care about, they're saying things that I'm just not so sure about. Do they know the true God? Do I know the true God? You have questions. John this morning saying, You can know that you know the true God. John is saying this morning, You can know that you have eternal life with the true God. You can know. No more questioning, no more doubting. You can know that you know the true God of the universe. So if you're here this morning, and you are here, then I have a question I want you to think about, and I want you to consider. And that question is this, is your hope in what you know, or is your hope in who you know? Let me ask that again. Is your hope in what you know, or is your hope in who you know? We need to know the answer to this question, because you're going to have doubts. You're going to have things that are going to come up, they're going to shake you up. You are gonna have people you love and care about, you respect, who say things differently than you've always been taught. And it comes back to, is your hope in what you know, or is your hope in who you know? So let's begin this morning reading our text, and as we usually do, I'm going to ask you to stand, and we're going to read 1 John chapter 2, verses 3 through 11, and then after we read that out loud, I'm going to read it, and you guys can follow along in your Bible or up on screen, then you can uh, be seated. After I, I'll pray for us, then you, can, then you can be seated. So hear the word of the Lord, First John chapter 2, verses 3 through 11. Say this, and by this we know that we have come to know him, if we keep his commandments. Whoever says, I know him, but does not keep his commandments, is a liar. The truth is not in him. But Whoever keeps his word, in him truly the love of God is perfected. By this we may know that we are in him. Whoever says he abides in him ought to walk in the same way in which he walked. Beloved, I'm writing to you no new commandment, but an old commandment that you had from the beginning. The old commandment is the word that you have heard. At the same time, it is a new commandment that I'm writing to you, which is true in him and in you, because the darkness is passing away, and the true light is already shining. Whoever says he is in the light and hates his brother is still in darkness. Whoever loves his brother abides in the light. In him, there is no cause for stumbling. But whoever hates his brother is in the darkness and walks in the darkness and does not know where he is going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. Let's pray. Father, I ask you this morning to work through the power of the Holy Spirit in us at the reading of your word that we will be convicted in the ways that are necessary. Father, for those who need to be comforted, we'll be comforted in the ways that only you can do. For your glory and our good, Lord, we ask these things. Amen. All right, you may be seated. Well, I grew up, if you don't know, I grew up in Alabama. I, uh, I lived there until I was 18 years old. I think I moved away when I was 18. I've got, the, I've got the red truck outside that has rust on it with a Roll Tide tag on the front. I'm a big Crimson Tide fan. That's where I grew up. And... um after I graduated high school, I moved from this small town called Pell City to the big city of Birmingham. I have a twin brother, and my twin brother and a friend of his, they were in Bible college in Birmingham. So I moved down to Birmingham. I wasn't in college. I was just working at a golf course. And I had to work uh, to be at work 6.30 in the morning. I'd mow the greens and uh, rake sand traps, whatever else was needed. And then I would get home in the afternoon, and I had all this free time on my hands. Because my brother and his buddy, they're, they're all studying all the time. I wasn't in school. I had nothing to do. So I was looking for stuff to do. And I started helping set up for concerts. So Christian bands would come into town, and I would go, and I would volunteer to help, you know, roll in the gear, plug it up, whatever they needed. And I would help set up for these concerts, which was neat. I got to go to a lot of good shows, hear a lot of loud music, and meet some very interesting people. Uh, it, was, it was good. But in that, I also started helping set up music equipment regularly for a Wednesday night Bible study. And there was a Bible study that happened at 8.30 every Wednesday night for college students. And the, the preaching was incredible. The Lord used this ministry in a mighty way, still is today in the Birmingham area. And the worship was incredible as well. So good preaching, good music. Well, in setting up the, the, the music, I got to be a little more familiar with the guy who everybody wanted to get to know. And that was the worship leader for this, this, this Bible study. He, he, he was good. Uh, the Lord had given him some gifts, great voice. He could play everything. And he was the type of guy that all the girls liked. Uh, he was the type of guy that all the guys wanted to be like, like some of you in here. Uh, he was just a very interesting guy. Um, either way, I was around him. I don't think he knew me, but he may have known my face, but there's no way he, he knew my name. But it was pretty cool that I got to be you know involved in that in that ministry well after this season of life, I moved from Birmingham all the way up to North Carolina and I was working at a Christian camp called TVR where Pastor Brad is this morning where he's preaching this weekend and come to find out after being there for a bit people up at the camp, well, they actually knew this worship leader that was really cool, the one who probably knew my face, no way he knew my name. But somehow I'm making the connection and talking about the Bible study that happened on Wednesday nights, the people at camp who know this worship leader thought that me and this worship leader, well, we were like buddies. They thought we were, they thought we were really tight. And, uh, and then I found out that this worship leader was scheduled to come to camp to lead worship. And it was really awkward because I had this moment like, oh, boy. They think I know him, like, really good. They think I know him really well. They think I know him like they know him, because they really do know him, and I don't. I don't, but they think I do. Do I say anything? I didn't say anything. I just let it ride, and I know he's going to be coming to camp, and I knew that one day I would be in trouble. The difference is, I I knew of this guy. I, I I knew about him. So much so that I somehow unwillingly convinced the people at camp who really know him that Well, that that I knew him like they knew him. But that's not true. I just knew about him. I knew of him. They actually knew this guy. You see, there's a difference between knowing and knowing of. It's not the same. And you you can truly know someone or you can know of someone, and you can get those things kind of confused and convince people that maybe you're not exactly who you say you are. Well, the same comes to our relationship with the Lord. When it comes to knowing God, John said in chapter one, he says, Well, Christians, they how do you know they walk, they, they they know God? First John is telling us, but to begin with in chapter one, he says, Well, Christians, they walk in the light. That's one way you know. Like Christians, they they they're no longer hiding. They, they step out of darkness into the light, they walk, their sin is exposed, they confess their sin to one another, they confess their sin to the Lord, and they have fellowship with one another, and they walk in the light, unhidden, willingly admitting knowing their sin, acknowledging it. Now, walking in the light isn't what saves you, but it it defines someone who does know the Lord. Like, walking in the light doesn't cause you to know God, but if you know God, you are going to walk in the light because you know he knows you, and there's no sense in hiding. He knows who you are, and he's forgiven you and died for you. So those who walk in the light, they, they know God. But how can we tell if someone's truly walking in the light? How can we tell if someone really knows God or if they know just of him? This is where we're gonna look at our passage this morning in 1 John. And we're gonna see some test this morning that's gonna help us know a little more here. Any of you guys like test? All right, really, Ryan, you like test? Oh my word, I can't stand test. Does anyone not like test? That's where everyone else's hands go up. You should be. I can't stand test. I'm horrible at them. I, all of my life growing up, I would study my tail off and i would think i got this one i got this one april could tell you tell you this is true i would study and i would think i did well and then i get my grade back i just barely skim by if i skim by at all i am horrible at taking tests so you might be like me and you hear a test you're like great all right i'm done i'm horrible at taking tests Well, some of you, you may hear test, and you're like, my wife, you're like, I got this. Like, you could just, you know how to take tests somehow. I bet you're like that, Charlie. Are you good? Are you like that? You know test? Yeah, Amber's like, yes, he does. You just know test. And some of you may get nervous this morning. You're like, okay, I don't like test. Tests do a couple things, though. Well, well, they affirm you, or they expose you. (laughs) They're a bit of a checkup. And that's what we're going to have this morning, a bit of a checkup from the letter of John, saying there is a way you can know if you know God. There's some things you can ask to know. This is a bit of a checkup. And it's going to let us know is your hope in what you know or is your hope in who you know? Because most of you this morning would probably say, "Well, I know the Lord." I mean, there's some of you in here though maybe you're knowing the Lord is kind of like me knowing the worship leader. You know of him, you know about him and so much so you've convinced others around you that well you know the Lord like they know the Lord. But there's a difference in knowing the facts of someone and truly having a relationship and knowing someone. It's not what you know that matters. It is who you actually know that matters. So our first test comes in chapter two, verse three, through the first part of five, and I'm gonna read it to you now, verse three. And by this we know that we have come to know him, if we keep his commandments. Whoever says, I know him, but does not keep his commandments is a liar. The truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word, in him truly the love of God is perfected. So in verse 3, John is saying, you can know if you know him. You're wondering if you know the Lord. If you know the true God, you're wondering if someone else knows the true God. Here's one way you can tell. Test number one, do you obey God's commands? Do you obey God's commands? And first let me say, how do you know God's commands? Right here. The written word of God he has given us. How do you know God? It's not a secret prayer. It's not a pattern of life. It's you open the Bible, and he has revealed himself in the word of God. He's revealed himself in the person of Jesus. Jesus is at the right hand of the Father, and he's left with us the word of God, that you can know God. You want to know what God wants and what he has done? Open the Bible. Those who know God, they obey his commands. They know his commands because it comes from the word of God that he has left for us to know him. And Jesus sums up the commandments of God in two, all right? You can find this in the book of Luke chapter 10, verse 27 says this, and he answered, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. Uh Uh-oh, this might be hard. We'll get there though. So, love God and love man. But what I love about God is that we read this, we can say, uh oh, and it's okay. Because God just doesn't come down and say, This is what I want from you. Drop the syllabus on the desk, say, Bam, I'll check back in with you at the end of the semester. We'll do a test, we'll see if you pass. God doesn't just save you and say, I'll check back in at the end of your life. We'll see if you've done enough, if you've learned enough, if you measure up enough so that we can pass you through this thing. That's not how the Lord works at all. You wanna see the heart of God? Look at verse five. And in verse five, we read that the love of God is perfected in whoever keeps his word. See, the letter of John starts off with John proclaiming this this message. And it's a message of love. John is saying, well, this message I am proclaiming to you, I'm bringing to you is a message I have seen because he saw Jesus. This Is a message I've touched. He has touched Jesus. It is, it is a message I have heard because he has heard Jesus. And the message of Jesus was a message of love, of love that his life was fully submitted to the will of God, that his life was fully spent for others so that they too may know God and be a child of God. This was a message of love. So when you belong to the Lord, you too are with Jesus, and you too begin to embody the message of Jesus, which is a message of love. Loving the Lord and loving man. So how do you know you love? How do you know if you know God? You obey his commands because of his love for you. You you don't obey his commands so that you can know God or so God will love you. You obey God's commands because he does love you. And remember, walking in the light means we're not perfect. We can say, "Uh uh-oh, and it's okay because we're not hiding. We're not pretending to be someone we're not, but we've stepped out of the darkness. We're walking in the light. Our sin's exposed. We'll tell you about it. When we wrong, we confess it to you. When we sin against the Lord, we confess it to him, and we walk on. That's what walking in the light is. And we do this, obeying God's commands that he has given to us in his word. A life that loves God, that loves people. A life that resists sin, that submits to the Lord, that confesses sin. It lives by what the scriptures teach. So test number one, how do you know if someone knows God? How do you know if you know God? Do you obey God's commands, because those who know him, they do. But verse 4 makes it clear that if you say you obey God's commands, but you don't, if you say you know God, but you don't obey his commands, you're a liar, That's what verse 4 says. You see, this not only affirms if you do know the Lord, it also affirms if you don't. If you say you know God, but you don't keep his commands, which are taught in the word of God, then your hope may be in just what you know and not actually who you know, who is revealed to us in the word of God. So let's look at our second test. Verse five, the second part of verse five. By this we may know that we're in him. Whoever says he abides in him ought to walk in the same way in which he walked. How how many of you in here favor your parents? I look like my parents. Uh, for better or worse, I look like my parents. And some of you, for better or worse, we'll say for better, all of you, you, you do favor your, your parents. Some of you may have your dad's nose, you may, you may have your mom's laugh, you may have your grandfather's hairline like I do, and, and you, you can't help it. If you were to come to my house, my kids, they, well, they kind of favor us. Not only in looks, we're going to have music playing. And if music stops, my kids, they pick up the, the Apple TV remote, they start music back up. If we get Papa John's pizza, we're all going for the pepperoncinis, even my, my kids, because I love them. They, if I were to let them get a drink at a restaurant, they're, they're trying to order Diet Coke, even though they don't need it, because I get Diet Coke. I've, I've taught them how to live. And not only have I taught them how to live, so therefore they imitate me, they just can't help themselves, because, well, they're, they're, they're made up from me <laughs> and from April. You can't help but imitate those you're around and those from whom you come in fact it's really hard to not be like your parents if you've tried to get rid of an annoying habit maybe your dad's your dad's uh, bad jokes and you just can't help yourself or your mom's annoying uh, annoying snort when she laughs then you're like I don't want to do that you have to try hard to resist those things because it's just it's just who you are You can't change that genetically. Your parents are tall, you're going to be tall. If they're short, you're probably going to be short. Willingly or not, kids, they imitate their parents. Look here in the second part of verse five and verse six. By this, we may know that we're in him. Whoever says he abides in him ought to walk in the same way in which he walked. See, John is saying you can't claim to know Jesus unless you imitate him. Because those who know Jesus are embodied by the message. It becomes who they are, they are transformed, they become more Christ-like. They imitate Jesus. Test number two, do you imitate Jesus? But just a warning, well if you imitate Jesus, that means living a life no longer saying yes to what you want and no to what God wants, but you start saying, you know what, I want this but it's not of God, I have to say no to what I want, I have to say yes to what God wants. Imitating Jesus means that you give of yourself completely for what the Lord wants. It means that you deny yourself, and you may be rejected by some, you may be made fun of by some, you may even be killed. But imitating Jesus means that we take up our cross, we give all, because we imitate him. John tells us in verse 3, you can know if you're a child of God, if you know God because you Obey his commands. You can know if you're a child of God, if you imitate Jesus from verse 6. If not, then your hope may not be in who you know. Your hope may just be in what you know. The third test is found in verses 7 through 11. Beloved, I'm writing to you no new commandment, but an old commandment that you've had from the beginning. The old commandment is the word that you have heard. At the same time, it's a new commandment that I'm writing to you. Which is true in you, in him, and in you. Because the darkness is passing away and the true light is already shining. Whoever says he is in the light and hates his brother is still in darkness. And here, verse 10. And whoever loves his brother abides in the light. And in him there is no cause for stumbling. But whoever hates his brother is in the darkness and walks in the darkness and does not know where he is going because darkness has blinded his eyes. So is your hope in What you know, or is your hope in in who you know? Because some of you 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 know God's commands, but you don't you don't follow them. Some of you 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 know how Jesus lived, but you choose not to imitate him. And the third test is do you love your brothers and sisters? If you love God, you're gonna love your brothers and sisters. So why did Jesus say the two greatest commandments are to love God and to love others, basically? Because if you love God, then you are going to love others because God loves the world. And if you love others, you're not going to steal from them. You're not going to take their spouse from them. You're not going to hate them. You see, every other commandment follows out of these commandments. Love God Love others. You won't hate those who misunderstand you, mistreat you, or make fun of you, or who make life difficult for you. If you know God, you'll obey his commands. You'll imitate Jesus. And if you know God, you will love your brothers and sisters in Christ, even though it may be hard. I know it may be difficult. Some of you have been hurt. Some of you are being hurt. This is the way of Jesus. Jesus was killed. We obey his commands. We imitate Jesus. We love our brothers and sisters. You might say, Ricky, I just don't know if I can do that. That's it. That's the best part. Remember, he's working it inside of you. He did, he, remember, he doesn't slam the syllabus down and leave. He says, I'm going to come and I'm going to do this in you. This is glorious. Knowing God is not just a one and done and he checks back at the end. It's a relationship with God to where he, he not only just does it inside of you, I mean, he completely does it for you if you'll surrender to him. For those who know God, verse 8 tells us that the, the darkness is actually passing away. Praise God. We can see the light that is coming. And where the darkness is, where the light is, the darkness can't exist. And where God is, in the life of those who know him, sin cannot continue to exist. At least not unconfessed. In a battle being given for resisting it. Guys, those who know God do not willingly and continue in sin against their brothers and sisters. Again, keep in mind, perfection isn't possible, but a life obeying God's commands, imitating Jesus, resisting sin, confessing when we're not able, is possible. We confess to God, our brothers and sisters, we keep walking. And one more time to make it clear, we don't obey God's commands so we can know him. We don't imitate Jesus so we can know him. We don't try to muster up love to serve and to love our brothers and sisters so we can know him. These are things people do when they do know God. So let me ask you the question we all started with. Is your hope in what you know or is your hope in who you know? Because many of you, you really just know of God, but you don't know God. Maybe you're like me with that worship leader. I knew all about him. Unintentionally, I even convinced some people that we were really tight, that I knew him just like they did. But the day will come for you that I feared that I'd be found out. And it's going to come for us all when it comes to the Lord. We're gonna be found out. Right now you can answer in your heart. Do you know God or do you know of God? But one day you're gonna have to answer in front of him and everyone. Do you know him or have you just known of him? You probably wanna know what happened to to me whenever the worship leader came to camp. It was very awkward because everyone thought he was my buddy. He was a cool guy. And here I am. No way he knew who I was. Well, it all worked out. So what happened is they must have told him, like, Ricky's here, Ricky's here. And he's probably like, Ricky, do I know, the, how I, do I know this guy named Ricky? Like, what? So he showed up and just, I remember him seeing me and probably just, maybe he remembered my face. He just, like, gave me a hug and it, like we were all tight. And it was so, I had to turn red. I'm almost red thinking about it. Because there's no way he knew who I was but he probably just felt awkward like he should have known me and that we were tight back in the day. So it all, it all worked out for me and I was like, thank you, Lord. I didn't get found out. <laughs> but that's not how it's gonna end with the Lord. It's truly not. Luke 13, 27 makes it clear that Jesus in the end, he'll tell those who don't know him to depart from him. They just knew of him. They didn't know him. Some of you this morning, maybe you're unsure. You come here, you're like, you know, I've heard a lot of things. I'm not sure about them. I'm not sure about me. How can we know if someone knows God? I want you to know you can know. I want you to know that you can know where your eternity will be spent. By looking at this passage, those who know God, they obey his commands. Those who know God, they imitate Jesus. And those who know God, they love their brothers and sisters. Can Can these things be said about you? I so pray they can. And as all tests do, my prayer is they will affirm some of you because they affirm people. You're like, yeah, I I am who I say. All right, I yes. Yeah, I know the Lord. Absolutely. However, for some of you, Maybe you're panicking because these these statements, well, they don't they don't characterize your life. Maybe maybe you don't obey God's commands in his word. Maybe you don't imitate Jesus and well you choose to not love your brothers and sisters. Just as you can be affirmed that you do know the Lord, it's also affirmed if you do not know the Lord. If so, I want you to hear. These words, the loving words of John in verses one and two of chapter two. A man who shows evidence of obeying God's commands. A man who shows evidence of imitating Jesus, the message that's embodied in him because it is in Jesus. A man who loves his brothers and sisters. I want you to hear the words if you're panicking this morning and you're unsure or now you're confirmed that you don't know God. Verse 1 says, my little children, I'm writing these things to you so that you may not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. He's the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the world. I want you to hear, you can step out of the darkness, and you can walk in the light. You can let Jesus be your advocate Saying, God, I know I have no hope of eternal life on my own. I'm finally convinced that I can't muster up enough goodness, enough rule following, or enough giving to justify my way into heaven. You see, the Lord only saves sinners. You can't be too bad. You can't be too dark. You can't be too foul for the Lord. Those are the ones He saves. Let him be your advocate because Jesus came and he died to pay the punishment for your sin so that your eternity can be secure with Jesus forever. So if you came here this morning against God, I want you to know that you can leave with God. His arms are wide open to receive you if you will have him, if you'll surrender to him, if you will rest in him, if you will believe in him. Cry out to Jesus in your heart through prayer, letting him know that you trust in him to be your advocate. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you for your word. Not only did you send Jesus, but you gave us the word of God so that we may know you. We may know of you, we may we may grow in you through the power of the Holy Spirit that works inside of your children. So this morning, I pray again that you will convict where needed. Father, that you will comfort where needed. All for your glory and our good, we ask these things. Amen. Thank you for listening to audio from Grace Community Church, located in North Carolina. Feel free to make copies of this audio content to share with others. But please do not charge for those copies or alter the content in any way without permission. For more information about Grace Community Church, go to graceccnc.org.